The U.N. has reached a historic agreement on oceans. A treaty aims to protect biodiversity and environmental interests in international waters, roughly 40 percent of the Earth's surface. It also promotes a global cooperation to manage fishing, shipping, and seafloor mining. Lisa Spear is the director of the National Resources Defense Council's International Oceans Program. She was part of the U.N. negotiating team. Lisa, what ground rules uh, have been set here that will make the biggest difference? So this treaty is a big step forward. It provides a pathway for establishing large-scale, strongly protected marine parks, which is what scientists tell us is needed to help reverse the decline of the world's oceans. It also lays the groundwork for strengthening management of human activities outside protected areas. So together, these two um, achievements, I think, will mark a major, major step forward for the ocean and biodiversity conservation worldwide. And it, and it took 20 years to uh, make this deal happen. What was the, the clincher? <laughs> I was, had a lot fewer gray hairs when we started. Uh, the clincher <laughs> really was the re- resolution of a number of different issues, one of which was the basic uh, um, divide between regulating existing activities on the high seas and the current structure of management versus enabling the global community to have a greater say in what happens in these international waters. And that played out in a variety of contexts, including through the sharing of uh, any um, benefits that might derive from commercialization of uh, what's called marine genetic resources, which are uh, derived from the high seas. So there was a there were some money issues in there, but there were also some uh, power issues. You know, how, who who gets to decide what happens in this global commons was a fundamental issue on the table during the negotiations. And when it comes to um, addressing everything that's going to be addressed or that should be addressed uh, with this agreement, how much of that do you think will, for lack of a better word, spill over to waters that are controlled by countries? Uh, Great question. So the ocean is a fluid environment, as we all know, and marine species don't respect international boundaries. They cross them regularly, migrating, you know, across entire oceans in some cases. So protection of the high seas uh, will really help ensure that domestic waters of individual nations around the world do not suffer as a result of activities that are harmful in the high seas. And it's important because billions of people uh, around the world rely on the ocean for basic needs, their food, their jobs, their income, their sustenance, culturally as well as economically. So it's uh, it's a critically important piece of the ocean conservation puzzle that has been ignored for decades. And we've now finally gotten to a place where we have um, the groundwork laid to, to really change that and to make uh, bring the, the standards of management and conservation and protection up to those that are in place have been in place in the U.S. since the 70s, really, and in most countries for decades. And Lisa, what's the number one way that this agreement will protect marine life? The, f- the most important step is it provides a pathway forward for creating large-scale marine parks, uh, which are strongly protected, where damaging human activities are not permitted. And the science tells us that that is the single most important thing we can do f- to enhance ocean resilience in the face of 
growing threats yeah. related to climate change, including you know ocean warming and ocean acidification, which is taking place as a result of CO2 emissions. So this is a big, a big deal at being able to establish these large-scale, strongly protected marine protected areas. Uh, it will is probably the most single most important aspect of this agreement from a conservation standpoint. All right, Lisa Spear is with the National Resources Defense Council. Lisa, thanks.